Hey, welcome to Dale Tribe Talks. I am Amy. And I'm John. And we have a YouTube channel called The Dale Tribe where we put our family up on YouTube. Right, a vlog. <laughs> and YouTube vloggers. But you have found our podcast channel, and today we are going to talk about parenting. Right. This From is both ahead. points of view. Yeah. From being a parent and being a kid. <laughs> Because we know a lot of you guys who watch us are not parents yet. But you have parents or you are thinking about one day being a parent. And so we want to talk about both sides. Also, this is probably our most requested topic. It is. A lot of people ask us about parenting and to talk about parenting. So I want to talk for a moment before we talk about that. I just want to say, first of all, parenting is like a giant guinea pig thing. I mean, like, it's just a huge experiment. You do your very best, but honestly, there's no guarantee on the outcome. There's no guarantee. I mean, for us, I always feel like, yeah, I can talk about parenting. I can talk about what we've done, but also it's, we're still in the process. Mm -hmm. We're still parenting. We're still learning all the time. So don't by any means, I don't, I don't feel like an expert. I should say, I don't feel like an expert in parenting because I think my kids are phenomenally awesome. If that's, you know, that's an indicator, then yeah. But also, like I said, we're still learning <laughs> all the time. And almost every like solid family I can think of, they have some kids who do great and they have some kids that struggle in different areas. So every family has struggles. Totally. Before I had kids, I was great at raising kids. Right? I knew exactly how to experts. do it. I was like, I got this. I know exactly what I'm going to do with my kids. And then you have a kid and you, and you're like, I actually realized that none of what I thought is right. And, or maybe just a tiny portion of it. And I don't know what I'm doing. And then you finally get to the point where you're like, I kind of think I know what I'm doing. And you have another kid and they are nothing like the first kid. You have to figure it all out again for a different kid. So not only is there no handbook for parenting in general, there's not one for each kid because each kid is so unique and individual. Right. Um, also, there are different stages of parenting. There is the baby parenting, there is the toddler parenting, there is small school children. But just to give you context, our children are 18, 15, 13, and 11. So that is the stages we probably will for the most part be focusing on kids that are the kids our ages. I mean, we're gonna talk about Try to cover all of it, not all of it, <laughs> some of it. We are going to cover all there is to know about all, parenting. All everything, guys. In the next twenty-five You're ready to minutes. Be Enjoy. Um, <laughs> so, where do you want to start? I don't think I want to focus on little kid parenting, but I do think it's important to touch on it. First of all, if you were parents of little kids, bless your heart. And for me, this was the most difficult stage of parenting by far. We did have four kids. Um, our oldest was seven, no, she was seven when we had our youngest. So that's how close they were. And I was homeschooling all of them. It was just insanity and really hard because when they're little is when you sort of establish the boundaries. Our sort of parenting concept is that we really want our kids to become independent and to learn to have their own opinions and their own ideas about things, to learn to think for themselves, to learn to do for themselves. And if they're gonna make big mistakes, 
We would much rather them make those mistakes and learn to make mistakes safely while they're in our house. We don't want to protect them and make all the decisions for them. And then when they leave our house, they have no idea how to make a healthy decision and how to evaluate, like, is this a good idea for me to do? So that is kind of what we sort of aim for. But yeah, the- it's, one, it's one of those areas where I think perfection is a really, really terrible goal because it's really, really important for them to learn that it's okay to make mistakes, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to like being creative and doing all these things. Like we learn by making mistakes. And, right. and most of the like amazing things that get discovered get discovered in the midst of a ton of mistakes. I think we've done a decent job of like celebrating when the kids try something regardless of the outcome. Like we celebrate it, whether it's a success or it's a failure. Like the important part is the trying something new part. Like if we were watching, I don't know, one of those talent shows or something like that, we try to, as parents, applaud the people who are trying instead of, oh my gosh, he is a terrible singer. Why didn't anybody tell him that? Instead of going that route, we really try to say, man, that took a lot of courage. Like, way to go for him to, like, I would never have the courage to get up there, and I feel like I'm an okay singer, but, like, he he really got up there and gave it his all, and he's, you know, maybe not that great. Part of it is you're shaping the things that you say, the judgments you make on people, you're shaping your kid's idea of the world. Right, so if you are constantly criticizing people that you see, your kids, inside their little minds, I promise, they are thinking... Oh, if, it, if that was me, my mom would be criticizing me right now. And so it becomes really important that you're just careful. And that really, more than being careful, that you're genuinely uplifting of all the people around you. And you're encouraging of them. And it, this applies to like everything from creative endeavors to like the way people dress to the choices people make in life. The way that we judge others is the way that our kids will assume that they will be judged. So true. And that can be a really dangerous thing. Sure can. Before we go back to young children, I want to really quickly touch on the creative bits. I did a blog post a long time ago about it, but I don't even know if it's still up. One of the things that's really important, like John saying, applauding them for trying, what's really a thing that's really important for your kids is for them to be able to see you trying things. To see you Mm. making artistic endeavors if you're a creative person. If you do something and you show your kid, they think it's amazing, I promise. And if you tell them, yeah, this isn't very good, you know, like I wish I could do better, then in their little hearts, they're going to be like, if that's not good, like my art is complete crap, you know? So I think it's really, really important. The more you break through in your life, the more you break through on your kid's behalf. Because you go out there and you're brave and you, you know, I remember a time when I had some paintings I was trying to sell and I took them into a shop and the lady was like, no, we don't want anything like that. I was like, okay, the kids were in the car with me. So I came back out and I was like, no, they weren't interested, you know, and it was really good for my kids to see. It didn't crush me. It didn't make me stop painting. It just was like, this is just life. This is what happens. And I talked to them about it. You know, I said, that's just what happens. Some people are going to like your art. Some people aren't. So. That was the creative little There's a whole conversation. (laughs) There's a whole podcast about creativity. creative kids, for sure. Yeah. But um, back to small children. Small children is a really, really physically exhausting time. And it is a time when you are 
establishing boundaries for your kids, helping them understand some basics. Unfortunately, it's not a great time for lazy parenting <laughs> and it's you're exhausted, so it's not really fair because you really kind of have to stay on top of it. This is probably a horrible analogy, but it's like when we got Phoenix, right? You get a puppy, they don't know any of the rules, they don't know any of the boundaries, so you keep their boundaries really small. You're like, this is the little room you can be in, and these are the toys you can touch, and this is, you know, everything is very, their boundaries are very small, and as they get, you know, more trustworthy, you increase their boundaries. Well, it's and, safer for them, right? I mean, right, you don't, it's also protection. Like with a little baby, you don't put them in a regular bed, you put them in a crib so that they, they can't, can't crawl around crawl out of bed. I mean, hurt themselves. And that yeah. becomes true like in all kinds of areas of life. And the goal is to get them from where you have to make every decision for them to where they can make all the decisions for themselves and just look to you for input. Yes. And that's a transition that you go through over time. It is. And so when they're little, your job is like, you're trying to help them understand right from wrong. But when they were little kids, I remember calling my mom one day crying and saying, I feel like I'm just going to be a referee for the rest of my life because mm -hmm. my kids were fighting all the time. And one of the comments we get on our vlog is your kids get along so well, like they're so nice to each other. And, and that is true. Now it wasn't always true when they were little, I was so frustrated with it. And so every time they fought, I would bring them both in. I would make them apologize to each other, hug each other, whatever. And then I would talk about what, okay. So when you said this, how do you think it made her feel? Oh, well, I think it probably, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But what I was doing is I was trying to help develop in them empathy for each other, where if you can think about things from the other person's perspective, it'll help you think twice before you do something like that again. You know, like how would it make you feel if somebody said this to you? Oh, well, you know, the other thing we had to work on in that age is tone of voice. <laughs> I told them you can say the same thing, in two different tones of voice and it means two very different things. So that was like our main, for a long time it felt like that was the main parenting points all the time. But when your kids are really little, here's what happened to me a lot. I would have this list running in my head all the time. Okay, I need to get so-and-so potty trained. I need to do this with this person. This kid really needs to work on this particular character trait. This kid needs to work on this character trait. I've noticed this person's doing this wrong a lot. So it was like, what I was seeing in them was what needed to be worked on and what was wrong. Mm -hmm. And it would get to the point where I'd be very overwhelmed and I wouldn't see my children through this great filter of, wow, you were an amazing kid. You know, I was instead looking at them like, okay, we need to work on honesty with that kid and we need to make sure, you know, that they can tidy up a room like a normal person. And it just kind of took away some of the joy for me and it also made me look at them through a negative lens. Mm -hmm. So I would have to constantly, like often I would say, okay, you know what? Here's what's good about this person. And I need to focus on that because yeah, of course you're going to have stuff, especially when your kids are really little that you feel like I really need to work on these things with my kids. But it's really important that the main way that you're looking at your kids has to do with the good in them. Mm -hmm. And that rule could also apply to yourself, <laughs> right? Totally. We were chatting with some friends uh, at a meal. They made a really interesting comment. We were talking about how difficult it was when their kids were little. And we were also talking about how there were a lot of issues that we were struggling with personally mm -hmm. at that same period of time. And 
they just asked the question, do you think that part of the reason it was so difficult to have young kids is because you were going through all those things? Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that was just really interesting. And it brings up this, this issue, which I think is true for all the relationships in our life, but especially for marriage and for parenting, is when there are unaddressed issues in oneself, it makes it really hard to mm -hmm. interact well with others. Yeah. And so I would, as an example, say, whether you're talking about marriage, parenting, friendships, if you find yourself getting angry really quickly, getting overwhelmed really quickly, things like that, it can sometimes seem like, it. oh, it must be the kids, or it must be my spouse. And sometimes it is. But there are also times where there are just our, just our own stuff that we need to deal with. Like Amy and I, we've talked about this before, but we've both been through lots of conversations with other friends. We've been through counseling. We've, you know, conversations with like the leaders at our church, those kinds of things. And that can be really, really helpful. And I think just to have as a category, if you're finding yourself in a situation where it's like, I am just always angry, always overwhelmed, always insert your issue there. The kids may be bringing it up, but chances are like there's an underlying thing that you can address in your own life. And also just to touch on something else really quick, I think you said at the beginning, like perfectionism isn't the goal. That is a really important, I don't know what it's like for dads, but as a mom, especially of young kids, I never felt like I was doing a good job. I never felt like I was enough. I always felt, felt like I was failing in some way mm. all the time. And so I think if you can come to the point where you can love yourself and say, you know what, I'm doing my best. Because at some point I got to the point where I was just, where I felt like, oh, you know, my kids are right and I'm doing good. But it took, it took longer than it should have mm. when you're trying to parent and you feel like you're failing all the time because you just feel like you're never enough. You're not doing it right. I just want to say, just be at rest. You are the right parents for these mm -hmm. kids and you're going to do a great job. You just have to do your best and just be still and rest in it. Like don't try to be perfect parents because you're not gonna, sorry, because what your kids have are human parents. When you have humans, you have mistakes. And like we said earlier, it's good for your kids to see mistakes. Like I have definitely done it with my kids before where I've raised my voice. I almost never do now, but when they were little, there were a few times when I did. And I said, you know what? Mommy was wrong. I should not have raised my voice at you. That was not right. And I apologize to them. I'm sorry. There are different sort of schools of thought about parenting. And I see that there's some people who definitely have like a, we're the person in command kind of, you know, we're the authority, we're the authority and you're, the kids are like on a lesser plane in authority levels, I guess, would be how you would describe yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I think like and growing up in England, there was this saying like kids should be seen and not heard. And like that's the extreme version of that. But right. it's, it's, a, it's an outward expression of we are the here, adults are here and the, the kids, kids shouldn't and function in that same plane. We don't really operate that way because I have always felt like now... You, you know, if you don't give your kids some boundaries when they're little, you're just going to have an out-of-control child who doesn't behave well. What I'm talking about is when they're, as they get older, 
is respecting your kids. Like, I think the golden rule doesn't stop for parenting. It's not like treat other people the way you'd like to be treated unless they're your kids. Then you can kind of be, you know, you can get away with mistreating them. Like I'd have dinner ready and I'd go up there to Eli's room and just say, hey buddy, dinner's ready. And he'd say, oh man, I'm, I'm in the middle of making this, you know, whatever, spaceship or whatever. Can I finish that? And I was like, sure, no big deal. A lot of parents would be like, no, I said you need to come down. And so it's like just a different, not saying one's wrong or right. We just personally believe that it's important for our kids to be able to express respect for other humans. We think that it's really important that they get respect and that they understand what it feels like and what it's like to be respected and to be treated with kindness. Yeah, I mean, we've bumped into... It's going to flow out of them. We've actually bumped into some issues with that, like with the way other adults treat our kids. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there have been some times where we've had people in our house who their mode of parenting and the the way they interact with kids is very much like command, control. The kids are almost like like there to serve the adults. Mm -hmm. And they've like told our kids to do things not even like not ask even them kindly, nicely but like you need to do this and, and like, like excuse me well <laughs> we didn't quite respond that way we were a little bit more diplomatic but we basically were like hey we treat our kids with respect it's fine if you want to ask them to do something but like ask them nicely like ask them the way you would want you to would be ask asked. me yeah like would you talk to me that way another thing that i think has been really great with our kids is that we include them in adult conversation. That's true. A lot. Um, I know that um, a lot of people will get together with groups of adults and friends, and they'll send the kids away. And sometimes that happens. And with the younger kids, that makes sense. And when they're littler, that does make sense. But as our kids get older and can engage with us, we really like for them to be involved. When we have other adult friends over, we like for them to be involved and hear the conversation and be able to input in the conversation and... You know, obviously there's some topics that you talk about that you don't want the kids around for, but I think in general, it's really like a lot of people would say to me, oh, you're homeschooling? Well, what about your kid's socialization? And then they're around my kids for five minutes and they're like, oh, just kidding. Because our kids have had so many interactions with adults, they actually communicate a lot better than most teenagers, right. I would think. And as you talked about some topics of conversation not being appropriate, like as it became age appropriate, mm-hmm. like... Anna, who's 18 now, like there's not, I don't think there's a topic of conversation we would have that we wouldn't include her in. And that's been true for a couple of years now. Yeah. And it's part of why at 18, she's able to handle herself as, as well as she is. Mm-hmm. Let me back up just a bit. Yeah. We've like, we're now at 18 and yeah. we started with little <laughs> kids running around and yeah. trying to keep control of them. And w- one of the things that I'd like to just touch on is the issue of what is your motivation for parenting. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I think a lot of people, definitely I was in this camp before, is... Yeah, you had like a major aha moment. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so I was very motivated. I wanted my kids to behave because it reflected on me. Oh my gosh. And how much right? of our parenting is about what other people think. Right. So, you know, you're, you're in a situation and your kid's doing something and it's inappropriate, embarrassing, whatever the situation is. And it is very tempting to go to like strict, harsh discipline, putting rules in place, rather than actually saying what is best for my kid and what is best for their heart. 
And so there's been a big shift for us over the last decade of moving to the motivation for why we say yes to our kids, why we say no to our kids, when we put boundaries in place, when we don't, yeah. being about what is going to be best for their heart, how, what is going to help them grow up in the best way, rather than, well, how does it make me look oh if gosh. the kid does that or behaves that way? Like mm-hmm. I see a lot of parenting is reactive in like defense of watching. my own image. Like you're at the park with your kids and suddenly other people are watching and then it's like... You treat your kid the way you would never treat them at home. And they're kind of like, what is happening? So yeah, I totally think we cannot parent based on what other people think. Okay, guys. So we are going to take a break in the conversation right now. And we will come back in next week's episode. We'll, come, we'll continue this conversation right now. We'll bring you the rest of it next week. So please, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, give it a thumbs up, leave a comment on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on. And also, if you've got questions for us that you'd like us to answer in a future episode, uh, leave us a comment and let us know what your questions are and what you thought of this. And then be sure and join us next week for part two. If by any chance you don't watch us on YouTube yet and you'd like to see some of our crazy family life, uh, you can find the Dale Tribe on YouTube. Okay, we love you guys. We'll see you again next week. Here we go down to the bottom together And we slid much further than this Red January means cold February And we'll be exchanging a kiss In our bed the tears are making track lines We are closer